Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Joining me is baseball superstar Mike Trout, or Frenchie, you get to pick. And we don't have a ton to get to as we kind of get to the end of the season. NASCAR schedule came out today, which we talked a little bit about yesterday with colleague president Chris Rice, who was super fun to talk to. And IndyCar, everybody's getting sued or suing somebody or arbitrating somebody. So we're going to start with two non-racing questions because I thought of one earlier today when I was sitting in a painfully boring work meeting. And But you had one too, so I'll let you go first. Okay, first I want to say that I'm sad because I bet everyone would pick Mike Trout over me. I don't know. Even He's... though I don't know if he knows anything about racing. He's kind of lost his luster in the last couple baseball seasons because he's hurt all the time now. Uh, you'd probably even rather have Mike Trout on this podcast than me. No, that's not true. <laughs> I'm flattered, but but I don't know if I fully believe. Okay, my question is, if you had to change your name, what would your new name be and sort of the reason behind that? Like my full name or my first name? I guess you can take it whichever direction you want to. Okay. Well, being that my last name is impossible to pronounce and even more impossible to spell, I would change my last name to something like Smith or Jordan or something that uh, is easy to spell and easy to pronounce. Fun fact, when my grandparents separated on my dad's side my grandmom had the chance to go back to her maiden name which was hartman which would have been a hell of a lot easier than jokum but she did not and here we are so yes what Mm. about you i think my last name i probably wouldn't change that much except i would change it so that no one mispronounced it i would just make it good year like the tires because people would get a lot closer than they do now and then I would definitely change Michael because it's so common that I'd okay. want something more unique. The problem is I don't know what that would be. I would want something almost almost ridiculous. Not like Elon Musk's children's yeah. names ridiculous, but yeah. something unusual yet like I'd like you'd hear it and you'd be like, wow, that guy sounds like that's a cool name. That's I've never heard that before. That's sure. unique. Okay. All right. I respect that. 
My question, very easy. What is the best Halloween candy? In your opinion, this is totally subjective and whatever you say goes. I'm trying to think of what I used to really like. Pulling it out of that little pumpkin bucket that I carried as a kid. Hmm. I guess I was always, I used to be that type of person. I probably still am kind of who saved my favorite candy for last. And then that was always a mistake because you kept everything in the same bucket. And so it almost towards the end or like a month or two later, whenever you're kind of finishing up your Halloween candy stash, it all sort of tastes like if you have candy in there with chocolate, it kind of mixes the scent and like it, it, it contaminates everything. Hmm. But I guess I'm going to pick probably just mini Snickers bars were always a good thing. I, I like Snickers and I like any of the pretty much candy bars that had peanuts in it. Okay. I'm going with Butterfinger because I think it's like probably still my favorite as a an adult. Actually, I would almost call myself old, but Chris Rice this morning called me a young man. So if you heard that in the interview, I'm going to screen or screen record that so I cannot call myself old anymore. I'm sad that I wasn't there for that. Yeah. I was, I was going to be on time and Mr. Rice was just early. So yeah, I missed I, that. I, we, we had some sort of, one of us was wrong on the on the calendar and not, not one of us. I mean, like you and I, I mean, one of us, like us and them, but anyway, yeah. So where do you want to start? Mr. Goodyear. Good year. Let's see. Good we start with IndyCar stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just because we have an F1 race to talk about coming up this weekend, so we can finish off with that. Okay. First piece of news is that Arrow McLaren and Hunko Sollinger have formed this strategic alliance, which is different than a technical alliance like we've seen with Meyer Shank and Andretti. Yep. And I guess also now Penske and Foyt. Yep. So I don't fully understand what's gone about this, you know, like what the what areas they're getting together on and working yeah. together and yeah. you know, mutually benefiting each other. But hey, I think it's always good to see the bigger teams basically provide their expertise and maybe their some of their employees or I don't know how it's going to work but to a smaller team like Kunko's has been growing and kind of I guess with the hybrid and everything next year it might be hard kind of to make that jump as one of those smaller teams even though I think they're stable bonding now yeah I wonder if their first thing when they were like to McLaren they're like so how do you guys handle internal conflict when one of your drivers gets multiple death threats throughout a season and you bungle the opportunity to rectify it completely? <laughs> In all seriousness, yeah, it's hard to say yeah. because there's no technical bit to this alliance. It's pretty much all behind the scenes. So maybe it is, you know, sort of business related to a degree. I, you know, kind of how to build up the business side of racing and, you know, maybe it helps certain crew guys get training, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's hard to have like too much of an opinion because we don't truly know exactly kind of what it means. You know, we could make our own guesses yeah. as to what it means, but it doesn't mean we're right. So 
I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I'm still a little kind of sour on you, Ghost, from from everything this year. I mean, that's yeah. So we'll see. The quotes that I read basically said that we're going to see Aero McLaren colors and sponsors carried on at least one of the Hunkos hauling your cars next year. That probably helps. I don't know if that's going to be the entire season or not. Yeah. yeah. It helps one of them and that, stay in the stay in the seat at least. And apparently that the basically that we're going to see sorry my phone is like currently ringing on my computer as I was I hopefully you didn't hear that. No. But the alliance is basically going to start with commercial and strategic focuses business and then they'll also consider that as a talent development opportunity with the potential for engineers mechanics and drivers to build their experience so it sounds almost like mclaren is looking to slowly take over hunkos hollinger and create an alpha towery type indycar farm team yeah with a lack of seats available from drivers. Just think about it. Malukas is young. He's probably on a two-year deal. Pato is young. He has next year, and I think the year after, with an option for 2026, if I'm not mistaken. And I'd imagine Rossi has at least two more seasons. So it's going to be a while before you'd see, like, somebody make the jump from Yunkos to McLaren if that like ever comes to fruition from a driver's perspective. But yeah, interesting. Next piece of news that we've got, it also has to do with Aero McLaren. And essentially we've got a lot of title changes within the organization. Gavin Ward is now the team principal, which I don't, I think his title was racing director before. Yeah. And Tony Kanan is no longer a special advisor. He is now their sporting director, which for some reason I thought Jill DeFerrin used to hold that role. I don't think with so. McLaren. Okay. I, I thought he was some kind of an advisor, but oh well. And that's I, it's title changes. I don't know if that means not much. Much at all. It's McLaren. It's sort of the Ron Dennis structure and organization i guess holdover from being that really buttoned up formal team with a huge value on titles and bureaucracy hey slight correction in july 2018 deferrin was made sporting director for mclaren following eric boyer's resignation but he left the team right. in not really he left the team in early 2021 in may 2023 he was brought back in a consultant advisory role so, but he was sporting years. director. That's what Tony Kanan is now. So I was, he no. was that role no. previously. No, that's what you just said. No. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm he was my it favorite was, driver. So I follow him closely. It was just too easy to have fun with that. Last two pieces of news are pretty negative i guess you could say uh, um well now we have a positive piece that the indie next schedule came out and it actually looks pretty cool i mean we're gonna see them at milwaukee they're gonna be there at the finale in nashville what else did we see on that as new developments 
Well, they've been at Nashville the last couple of years, so that's not, you know, a, a change. I know, but as they're going to have the same finale yeah. as IndyCar rather than they did this year and last year. Yeah, I know, but they before. haven't always necessarily in the past. The last like five years. Yeah. Okay. But... Sorry, I'm just I'm purposely just um, poking at you because I'm finally awake for the first time today, and it's a lot of fun. All right. Um, I'm still flustered from that like phone call that blasted my ears out on my computer. And so I put my phone on do not disturb because that ringtone, like the Apple ringtone. Yeah, just, it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just basically took over my head. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like it shell-shocked took, by it for a it second. Took, took over my head. It didn't just take over my brain. It took over all of my head. I could see Apple programming it to do that, just mm-hmm. that, actually. Yep. yep. But Alex Pillow may have to pay $23 million in damages to McLaren as an organization. Uh, that is a case that is in UK court. What do we've got here? That it's the High Court of Justice, Business, and Property Courts of England and Wales. So there's a filing. I think it happened just a few days ago on September 29th. And he said that he's got no outstanding obligation under any contract or agreement that would keep him from joining uh, McLaren after the IndyCar season ended, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. It's, you know, the latest twist in kind of this conflict and the craziness that seems to surround Alex Pillow's uh, yep. contracts. Yep lately so we'll we'll watch this closely but i'm sure i don't know i wouldn't want to be in his position i would mclaren is not an organization and zach brown definitely not the guy that you want to go up with i i wouldn't have thought you want to go up against chip ganassi either and he did and somehow came out of it relatively unscathed so yeah we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on this but roman grosjean as well has it's not really court action I guess he's upset that he's been released by Andretti Autosport. I think the rumors are at least that he at some point may have had a contract extension. And so I guess he's upset with the way that that relationship ended and is going to go into arbitration, like with the state of Indiana. So to maybe figure out, I don't know how to buy him out of that perhaps. Yeah. I think he's just not happy with the way it ended. He was, promised a contract extension, which he signed. And then Andretti was like, actually, never mind. We're not going to sign to our end. Yeah, exactly. So he's upset and probably wants financial damages or something. I personally don't care about either of these stories in the slightest. Pelot's not going to end up paying 23 million. They'll probably have to pay something, but they'll settle at some point and it'll be a lot Mm -hmm. of money. Grosjean couldn't care less one way or the other if he gets money or not. The reason why he didn't Andretti didn't sign that contract extension was because he kept crashing and then screaming at his crew all year. So that one I especially don't care about. But at this point, it's in the courts. There's not much we can really guess on. So I yeah, I am at this point, like just tired of hearing about Alex Pelot's employment contract. Well, that's because you're presiding over the arbitration, right? For Roman and Andretti, that you're yes. actually going to yes. be the person managing that. Okay, I, I actually have decided that my ruling will be Roman will have to pay Andretti 
for all the car damage. So like he's in for a rude awakening. Oh, wow. Okay. What about yeah. emotional damages? Don't forget that. Uh, no emotional damages because Andretti, you know, the crew did like not necessarily help him that much this year. And they're still kind of a little bit of a cluster of an organization. And I would say safely at this point, they are like, you know, they are below Penske, Ganassi and McLaren. Like if you're talking about I think just that's fair. total power from top to bottom, you know, even just overall driver rankings, you know, Kirkwood had his moments this year. Herda had his moments this year. Grosjean had a couple moments early in the year and Devlin was there. So, yeah. you know, it's. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Let's I'd move equate on. Them, they're pretty equal with Ray Hall, in my opinion, at this point. Like they are at the same rung of the Andy Carr ladder at this point. Yeah. Flashes of, of good, a win here and there, a podium mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a good starting position. And then. Something happens. But yeah, let's move on to the race that I'm probably not watching this weekend. All righty then, Qatar. So we've got that. I'll, let me give you the times before we get into the F1 news, I guess, because yeah. I'm pretty sure they're relatively normal. I mean, Qatar, I want to say is about six, seven hours, eight hours ahead. Okay. I, know, I, I had a layover there on my way to Asia, but I it was... The place that I got off the plane at 11.30 p.m., I think, local time. And it was 98 degrees with, with like 100% humidity. Good Lord. And I decided that I don't know how any form of life could survive there because it was basically like being on Mars or something mm-hmm. or on the sun. Mm-hmm. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Joe. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network. Anyway, let's find this times. We've got practice one at 9.30 a.m. on Friday. Qualifying is at 1 p.m. on Friday. The sprint shootout, because we've got a sprint weekend where Max Verstappen's uh, going to win his title on a Saturday, just to embarrass F1 further, is at 9 a.m. on Saturday, followed by the sprint itself at 1.30 p.m., and then the race at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Well, I, de- I actually can't watch the race anyway, because that's the same time as the Eagles game, and I'm watching football over this. 
but I actually might watch qualifying on Friday because I'll be sitting on the couch in the city while girlfriend is at work. So, you know, it's not like I have a lot going on Friday. Oh, I might be at lunch with my best friend from high school. So I might not actually be able to watch anything this weekend. Hmm. But yes, the times are better compared to the last couple Asian rounds. So you are correct there. It is also, I believe, a night race, which is always cool to watch. Yes, I, I, I will make it a point to at least DVR it on my YouTube TV and watch it Monday night or Tuesday. Well, Monday is more football, so you, you're waiting until Tuesday, right? I don't, I don't honestly like. I don't care about watching like Thursday night football and football all Saturday and football all Sunday and Monday night football. Like, I'll watch the Eagles game, and if you know, I'm watching football with my dad. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out and watch, but otherwise, like, I'm not like football is not my favorite sport at all. So I don't really like. I don't care if I watch the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. All right. Um, well, speaking of F1 broadcasting, I guess this is maybe a tenuous segue at best, but Apple <laughs> is reportedly going. going to make a bid of up to 2 billion us dollars for the rights to show F1 races. And so I guess what's going on is Tim cook, got so hyped when he waved the flag last year in Austin <laughs> that he's just like, I'm willing to drop $2 billion at this point because that was the coolest experience of my life. And Apple has already, I guess, made a deal with MLS, Major League Soccer, which I don't want to offend anyone, but I didn't really know anyone watches that. I know that they're like, you know, it's US soccer, but correct me if I'm wrong. I've been told by people who like the Premier League and Bundesliga and all the European soccer stuff that basically the MLS is where European players go when they retire to cash out. But that apparently that was worth $250 million a year to broadcast for Apple. And they've seen a lot of people subscribing with their MLS season pass, like close to a million people, which yeah, is because it's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. So Apple TV plus, I mean, that would get a lot of people on that platform and i think they could easily make that money back well i hope i would hope it's still on f1 tv as well because i can promise you i am not paying for another streaming service for just f1 because i don't really care about soccer or football i have tried like multiple times in multiple years to like get into the sport more and it just doesn't really do it for me. And I don't I don't hate it. Like I actually in sports I don't care about, which is kind of like soccer and basketball. I'd rather watch basketball than soccer. And I mean, I'd rather watch soccer than basketball. Sorry. Not yeah. Okay. But there's at least a little bit of strategy to play defense in soccer. But yeah. I think it's fine. You know, it's it's a lot of money, but it makes sense. But I feel like it's going to be a rough couple. Like the TV numbers are hanging steady at best. And I think Tim Cook or Apple, you know, whoever at Apple is leading this charge might be 
I don't want to say biting off more than thinking that they can chew, but it's a lot for, you know, it, is the return going to be there? The return will only be there if they keep going to places like Vegas and Miami and Qatar and Jeddah and places where there is massive corporate money. That will that will keep them afloat and they'll they'll do well. But from the actual like fan TV numbers, I can't imagine it would it would be a good thing for them. Well, they're doing that Brad Pitt F one movie eventually on Apple, uh, right? So yeah, yeah, maybe that's sort of they're dipping their toe in the water and see how that goes, and then maybe we'll drop two billion. And I mean, Tim Cook, I don't know what his net worth is or what the net, you know the corporation itself of Apple is worth, but yeah. I'm pretty sure Tim Cook could probably just like Elon did with Twitter, like just buy it and screw around with it, and it, he wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Yeah, he's only worth 1.9 billion. So he'd spend all of his net worth, apparently, if he wanted to personally pay this. Right. But I guarantee you it's not his money. So, yeah, chump change for Apple. Yeah, it's craziness. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I I get why these networks want to do this. But also, I just I worry about the state of F1 right now that it's super oversaturated, especially in the US. And we're kind of at a point where people are going to start going the same dude wins every race. The same dude gets pole nine times out of 10 and the same people finish, you know, second through 10th and 11th through 20th with, you know, a few exceptions. So why am I going to watch this? I'll just DVR it and watch right. it when I'm bored. So yeah, that would and be I my think concern. Max is not the person I mean, as excellent as he is as a driver, he's not the person you want to be the face of F1. He just doesn't have the personality. personality. I don't think to be that media guy who's out in front of the camera and really engaging people. And that's fine. He doesn't have to be. He's got the talent. It doesn't matter. But, you know, if he's going to win everything, if it was somebody who was a lot more engaging and a lot more, I don't know, they were like following this person's dating life and, this person was out in the meet, you know, more of like a yeah. normal way we treat celebrities, I guess, then yeah. I think that would go a long way, but it's not currently that situation. Here's a random question as we get close to the end of the episode here. So like the, you know, the big story that takes up like 75 minutes of every NFL broadcast is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So let's pretend there's another mega star out there who's going to start dating a formula a formula one indycar or nascar driver like it doesn't doesn't have to you know, be anybody in particular what mega star would you want to like you know boost how much racing is being talked about good question i do not know but i know somebody told me i think i forget where i was somebody told me that the sales of Travis Kelsey merch went up I, like by an absurd number because I guess Swifties just started buying it. Four hundred. I was getting my hair cut. Yeah, yeah. The guy who cuts my hair was telling me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw that tweet too. Yeah, his social media mentions followers are up like three hundred thousand. He has like four hundred and thirty three percent increase in jersey sales. And I yeah, listen, I don't know if either of us are qualified to answer this question because I don't know too much about pop culture, but like. I don't know. This is this might not be like the young hip answer, but like Jennifer Lopez, I think would do okay pretty well. Not Taylor Swift level well, but like 
you know, she's still pretty relevant, if not, you know, she's not Taylor Swift level of relevant, but she's still very relevant for, you know, an actress slash singer slash whatever else she does in this country. I think I picked Selena Gomez. I don't know how relevant she is either for, but I still think she's up there as one of the most followed people on Instagram. Yeah. And she just doesn't seem to get into controversy, which is nice. Like she's not like she actually, who knows what she's really like, but she comes off as a nice person and not like going crazy. So I think that'd be a good one for, you know, the crossover fans. And I'm sure there's other young pop culture stars that would be better answers. So like, please don't assassinate us for not knowing because frankly, I don't care about most of pop culture. So we're, two 30 somethings yeah literally don't <laughs> just like talking about this <laughs> all right so Not the I, experts i guess you probably want to make predictions and then we can wrap up i don't even know if i want to make predictions the one prediction i want to ask and maybe you will engage in this one because it's just okay. one simple question it's not as fun when i don't have anyone to compete with yeah yeah fair so i'm just still doing grid rival but that yes, that doesn't me too. fully satisfy the will max win the championship like at the i guess the first moment it's possible aka in the sprint race will he finish with enough points to win the championship yes i say yes too i think it's inevitable yeah but it would be surprising if we went into the race and he had not yet been crowned it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when like oh a sprint race you've not been crowned the champion but i don't know if there's anything else really more to talk about other than ricardo is not coming back yet liam lawson gets another shot in the alpha towery seat and because i guess ricardo's delaying coming back until austin and then i don't even want to touch the whole andretti is approved thing with a million foot pole right now yeah so we don't need to get into that once we get past the f1 management stage we can we can talk about it but it's going to be a lot more drama before there's good, more good that comes from that announcement. But so yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right there. And I guess we can figure this out as we wrap up, but early next week, my schedule is jammed. And then at the end of next week, you and I are leaving town to partake in alcoholic beverages for a couple of days. So we're going to take next week off and we'll, well we could, back. or we can record a crazy episode there with everyone. With a lot, oh, lots of oh special boy. guests. Yeah, and <laughs> and we we do have to, at some point this offseason, remember when I sent you that screenshot from Girlfriend's Friend about the like goofy yes. episode they want to do? We should do that at some point, but I think that one, for to keep my personal life private, we should make it like Patreon members, or if you're not a Patreon member, but you ask me, to listen to it, I will send it to you. But it is not going to... We just start one. pushing more Patreon stuff. Yeah. Make it yeah. worth their while. Yeah. There's some, a lot of good stuff up there, by the way, that is just sitting on the Patreon if you become a member. And actually, if you ask me, maybe I'll give you a membership. One person, though. Not like everybody. Just like one single person. Oh, I have so much stuff to give away, too. We should do yeah. that now. Now that I've been, like, forgetting. Yeah. All, I have so many, like, hats that just yeah. are new with tags or random stuff that I want to yeah, give right. away. We should do that. All right. Yeah. After we get back from being out of town for a couple of days, we will figure that out. Okay. Yeah. No episode next week because we're busy and 
going to take a little time off as the offseason starts. NASCAR's at the Roval. F1 is in Qatar. E-scooter is back on the calendar at some point soon, if that's your thing. Road Atlanta's next weekend. Road Atlanta's next weekend. We obviously will not be there, but everybody have a good weekend. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.